0: Testing, testing, testing. Ready, set, go. It's time for the Coach Amy and Coach Liz Show.
1: A podcast for endurance athletes by two athletes, two coaches, and a physical therapist. We are your hosts, Coach Amy and Coach Liz, coming to you from Kansas Kansas City. City.
0: And we're back talking about recovery in endurance sport, which turns out to be a mammoth topic. So much so that it took us several editing sessions to wade through it all and create a concise framework. In part one, we explained why recovery is essential. And if you missed that podcast, you may want to listen to that one first. Um, But today, in part two, we're going to dive into the dreaded consequences of under-recovery and how to recognize it so you can catch it before it spirals out of control. One of the biggest mistakes that athletes make is that they don't take the time to recover the biggest threat to your capability in sport is under recovery as opposed to over training
1: yeah the under recovery can actually be more detrimental than over training and there are signs um, that you may be under recovering i mean you see things like injuries that won't go away um, poor performance despite the training if you're feeling like a decreased ability to just deal with life stress um if you keep getting sick um, you, you know, there's signs of physical and mental burnout that you'll experience.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about the injury part, because as a physical therapist, I'm really passionate about this one. I see I see this uh, show up in the clinic all the time. Uh, tr- so training is stressing the body on purpose. We talked about that in part one. We're, we're training it on purpose to make it stronger, faster, and go longer and further. Uh, but we cannot do that when we're injured and under-recovery is one of the leading causes of injury. In fact, researchers found that a low number of recovery days and a high amount of training are risk factors for overuse injuries in top-level endurance athletes, and we'll have more information on that research uh, in the show notes.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I mean, certainly as coaches, the number one thing that we are trying to prevent is injury, and I don't have a lot of hard and fast rules with coaching, but, but one of them is certainly, like, My decisions on what an athlete should or shouldn't do, my guiding rule is no injuries. Yes,
0: no injury. (laughs) And I mentioned in part one, after my first marathon, that I didn't take the time to recover. I kept training per usual because I had this fear of of losing fitness. um, And that began a cascade of running injuries. And, you know, once you're injured, you're at high risk for other injuries to occur on top of that. But you're also... Um, at a high risk for that original injury to come back. So these injuries plagued me for years to come after that training error and that training mistake about not allowing under recovery. Uh, and those injuries are still in the waiting room. <laughs> They're waiting to come back if I'm not careful. Uh, and the first thing I noticed after that marathon was a funny feeling in my in my left foot. It wasn't necessarily pain per se at the time, but it was a funny feeling
1: well, you know, and that's the thing is that your body will give you signs that it's under recovered. Um, those kind of low level grumbles that we like to ignore or pretend, you know, don't really mean anything. Those are indications that we want to listen to.
0: Yeah, and you know those those little like little signs and grumbles we're not referring to like the normal workout soreness that we get Mm -hmm, right okay this could be pain that's occurring during the workout but even after a workout Mm -hmm. um strange like or new weaknesses like i've heard athletes describe before like i feel floppy like my motion is off like my form is off that is a sign of under recovery it can be also Complaints of sort of decrease in range of motion that doesn't alleviate with rest or dynamic stretching or a walk. Um, so those those decreased range of motions that linger, um, and you know also symptoms that show up in daily activities like you know sitting at work hurts now or going up and down the stairs hurts. So sometimes it can show up in daily activities, not necessarily just with the training.
1: For sure, and you know I see this especially with my new athletes, but not even just necessarily with new athletes, um, that people really underestimate um, these little low-level grumbles. And they don't want to say anything because um, they either don't know that it's actually something that merits attention or they don't want to be wimpy or they don't want to be whiny or they really want to just be able to do their training. They want to power through because they want that training. Um, But... You know, if you, I think a lot of us that have been in the sport for a long time eventually gain what I call athletic wisdom, where you learn that you're much better off to say something sooner rather than later so that you can fix it. And I feel like, you know, the longer that you have let something linger, it's usually the longer it's going to take to recover. Oh, absolutely. Right. So say something soon and then get it taken care of, and then you can get back to training.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when 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 patients ask me how long how long is this gonna oh. take? Where can I run again? It's like, woo. My rule of thumb is however long it's been going on, it's gonna take that long to recover. And yeah. people can be astonished because they might have waited six months, uh-huh. and that's that's a scary rule of thumb to to hear. So the, the sooner you get after it, the better. Yeah. And you know, knowing what to do too, like when you have an acute injury, is really helpful. So for example, this morning, I got a text from an athlete who sprained his ankle yesterday on his run and and wanted to know what to do. And I sent him a link to a blog post that I've written um, with some steps, some measures to take when you're suffering from an acute injury. Um, And it's one that I send a lot. And we'll have that in the show notes for everyone. So if you're injured, you can't train consistently and therefore you cannot improve. Um, but even if, by some miracle, you stay healthy, under recovery can lead to underperforming as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and there's if we talk about performance on race day, of course, there's things out of our control. You know, like weather, or maybe you have equipment malfunction, race course runs out of water. I mean, all of these things can impact our performance. Um, but you know, we can control what we are doing as we head into a performance, um, and Adequate recovery during our training cycles and throughout training is one of the biggest things that's going to help you perform on race day. Yeah, and there's,
0: there's proof of this, this direct link between performance and recovery. According to a 2022 article published in the Journal of Functional Morphology and Kinesiology, and I know that's a mouthful, <laughs> but I want to give good reference to them. Um, but in this study, what they found is that top performers, like overall winners and age group division winners, and they prioritize recovery in their training. And so that's a sign like, Hey, maybe all of us mortals should also be doing, that. (laughs) but we'll have more of that in the show notes. Uh, so Liz, I think athletes may be surprised by some of the signs and symptoms of poor performance that indicate they're under recovered because it goes beyond not meeting your targeted pace or time goal. What are, what are some of the things that you notice?
1: So I think one of the biggest things that's an indicator to me when somebody is not getting adequate recovery is that you're feeling really flat during a race. You don't have the ability to dig into that next gear. And it just, your body, it's not a matter of warming up and feeling like you kind of need an extended warm up, and then your body comes around. It's that you just really never are able to kind of feel like you're reaching your full potential and you just feel kind of, I mean, we all know those days you feel flat, like you just can't get going. Yeah. And if that's happening during a race, usually that's a sign um, you're not recovered enough.
0: Yeah, and it and maybe it wasn't just you know it wasn't a result of inadequate training. It was no. inadequate. Yeah, yeah. So, um, injury and underperforming um, are all signs of under recovery. But this next sign is sneaky. What is it?
1: Uh, so you know that. You're really, your a decreased ability to just deal with life stress. So if you find yourself that you're, you know, you're super irritable, um, you don't have the tolerance for like things in your normal life, maybe at work with your family, standing in line at the grocery store and you get really unreasonably irritated because someone is taking a long time and they're writing a check and who writes checks and like you're irate about that, an oversized reaction like that may be an indication that perhaps you are not rested enough.
0: Yeah, that is so on point. Uh, when I was training for uh, the Half Ironman, Man, um, both my daughter and my husband were like, When is this over? When <laughs> is the race? Okay. And I was like, What? And it kind of dawned on me that, you know, this is impacting them because I, I am probably short. I'm tired all the time. I don't want to do anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, under-recovery, it, it not only decreases our ability to cope with emotional stress, it also decreases our immune system's ability to fight disease. Uh, it, so it increases our susceptibility to bugs, like frequent colds and viruses start to occur, and it, it actually opens up the opportunity for illness. So, and you know, if you're ill, mm. training, is, training is very difficult. Uh, so it's easier to prevent under-recovery than actually to recover from illness.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, illness is definitely a sign. Um, and so is burnout. And, you know, burnout is not just fatigue. Um, we have normal training fatigue um, that we get from from stressing the body and that's when we get stronger. But burnout is when you're really having a hard time get going with every single workout and everything feels like a dredge and it lasts for an extended period of time. Um, and that's a good sign, you know, you're not recovering, your body just can't get going again.
0: Yeah, and one of the ways that we can track this is with uh rate of perceived exertion so and burnout from under recovery shows up with changes in that subjective measurement um which i'll refer to as rpe but that's that's the short for rate of perceived exertion and let, let us back up and explain what that is um it's it's kind of the borg scale we use it um when we're assessing cardiovascular endurance um and we'll include the scale in the show notes. But let me just give you an example of like a rate of perceived exertion of a 5, a rating of 5 out of 10. OK. Oh, I'm I'm just above comfortable. I'm sweating more and I can talk easily. OK. Versus like an 8, which is like I can grunt in response to your questions and can only keep this pace for a short period of time. Where like a 9 is I'm probably going to die. <laughs> um, so now you can see the difference between a 5 and an 8. Um, And when we're monitoring that and when, you know, coaches are monitoring that and if you're monitoring yourself, under recovery shows up when you might have a decrease in pace for a given RPE. So let's say, for example, that you can you have got an, you know, got a RPE of five. Like I can talk pretty comfortably. I'm definitely breathing a little bit heavily, um, but I'm but I'm pretty comfortable. Maybe you're running a pace of a nine minute mile. Okay, but now you're in training and suddenly you have this drop in your, you know, a slower pace. Maybe you're running like a 10 minute, 30 second mile at an RPE of five. So that's an indication of, oh, okay, now I'm slower now Mm -hmm. um, at that same level of RPE. And another way to look at that is maybe you have a higher RPE than is normal for your pace. So let's put an example to that. Maybe you're still running your nine minute mile pace per usual but your RPE is now consistently elevated. So it used to be more of a comfortable maybe 5, six out of 10, and now it's an eight out of 10 to run that same pace. So those are both indicators that, you know what, something's not right here. There's been a, there's a change. and that could be um, a good indication of under recovery.
1: For sure and so that's you know that's something that's a subjective metric that's really important. Um, you can also see things in physical symptoms so you may have um, changes in your heart rate both at rest and then also during your activity and you know if your heart rate is higher than normal say like in the morning when you wake up um, your heart rate's five or ten beats higher than it normally is for you know a consistent amount of time or your heart rate's higher for a given pace or effort when you're out running that can be really uh, be an indication that, that your body's tired it's not recovering.
0: Yeah, uh, and another var- variable that we can track is um, HRV, uh, and that's short for heart rate variability. Uh, and, and what this is is a measurement of time between your heartbeats. So and, and that is a reflection of what is going on internally with how rested you are, how recovered you are, uh, your body's state of stress, uh, you know, whether you're hydrated enough, um, but basically, it's it's saying, how ready are you to handle the load of training? Uh, and, t- and typically, a lowering of HRV is a sign of under-recovery, or, or even it can also be a sign of illness. So mm-hmm. we, we only want to you know, match it up with the other variables and other factors. Um, but it is one of the variables that your coach can track for you.
1: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of options popping up with how to track your HRV, um, and you can upload that and look at it or share it you know, with a coach if you use a coach. Um, but it's, it's not the holy grail, just like with any one data point. It's another um, data point to put in your fitness picture along with your heart rate and your pace and your RP and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. And according to a recent study of endurance athletes... Athletes reported that they knew they were recovered from training or competition when they felt less sore, okay, so like physical, right? And they had more energy and they desired to train again. And all of those are subjective measurements.
1: Right. I mean, you can't um you can't outsource your recovery to a watch. And so, you know, I had I was doing a, run, a group run with some athletes last night and we had a really good conversation about how You know, you get to know your body and you get to know your own metrics and how, you know, the watches and all the technology come in to support that you're not trying to make your training fit into the watches or all of the devices and the metrics. So it's important to pay attention and really get to know those for yourself and form a complete picture and use the technology to help support that information, not try and force your body or your life or your recovery into all of these new devices and technology. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And physical burnout, from under recovery shows up as consistent fatigue, you know, not hitting your training targets, elevated heart rate and RP and all the things that we've mentioned so far. But keep in mind that burnout is not just physical, it is also mental.
1: Yeah, so my favorite, the the mental part of training, the psychological stress and your perceived demands of the training, um, you know, and how you're feeling in terms of your irritability, aggression, anxiety, all of those sorts of psychological, um, you know, factors that, that add into how you're feeling about training. Yeah, so I, I have a good
0: story about mm. that. Well, I think it's a good story. <laughs> um, so when I was training for, this is my first time training for a half Ironman, and uh, I think I had some really long ride in the sun followed by a really long, you know, run after that. And um, I finished up and I was just bawling, uncontrollably crying. And my husband was like, you know, why are you doing this again? I mean, he really did want to know. And I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I forgot. I don't know. And I was explain, I was telling that story to a, a, a friend who, who is an experienced triathlete. And her response was, ah, you're ready. And I was like, what? But what she meant was that I was at the pinnacle of the training. Um, This was a workout on purpose that would sap me, you know, the most. Um, And and it was an example of an acute reaction to a very tough workout and a sign that I needed recovery.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that acute recovery is a little bit different than, um, like, the need for like chronic recovery, um, a chronic burnout is like a slower build where you're dreading workouts, especially if I have an athlete that, you know, is always pretty chipper about their workouts and suddenly they are dreading them or they're refusing to do workouts. That's a red flag for a potential under recovery. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, you have a good example of that sort of that chronic recovery at yourself. I do. I mean, this was a, this was a long time ago. It was about 15 years ago, but you know, if you do that for long enough, it really can end up, um, you know, it accumulates and you get to the point where you're, you're not just dreading the workouts, but then you're really anxious. Um, you have a hard time. I mean, you can interrupt your memory, your body's ability to heal. You can't sleep. So, you know, you, if you ignore it for long enough, they keep ramping up and your body's kind of screaming at you. Like, you know, I need some recovery here. Yeah, and and because you didn't um, take that recovery Mm -hmm. time, you ended up having to take quite a bit of time off from the sport. I did. I took two years for me to come back from that. I mean, I did. That's a a long time. I did a number on it. Like I'm well versed (laughs) in this, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) We we are telling you from professional and personal experience here. Um, So another phenomenon of under recovery is the dreaded plateau, and I often hear from athletes, you know. But I don't understand. I've been doing everything I can. I'm doing all the training, but I am not getting any faster. Mm. I'm not getting any stronger. I'm not meeting my goals. And many times the culprit is not inadequate training, but it's inadequate recovery.
1: Yeah, this is a tricky trap. And actually, I think this was probably a big culprit in, in my demise 15 years ago um, because you think you're not performing well. And so the, you know, the inclination is that you need to go do more training. You need more. You need more when really your body is screaming to just let it recover a bit so that you can bounce back and dig in for that recover or for that performance. Yeah. So what is our what is the take home message today for our listeners, Liz? So, you know, there are many signs that you um, need recovery, both subjective and measurable data points, Um, and you're usually going to have more than one sign, and so it's really, you need to be aware of your body and your metrics as an athlete, Um, and that's why you put notes in your training logs. If you use a coach, you know, it's not just about updating all the data points, but when we say, you know, you need to put notes in your log about how you felt, it's really important to actually do that. Yeah, because, and, and, and if you're on your own
0: doing this and you don't have a coach, just even having your own little personal logs. They're all little pieces of a puzzle that show a bigger a bigger picture. For sure.
1: Thanks so much for listening. And remember, we, we are, are in, in this, this together. together. Until next time.